What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I am your host, Jack Vita. The NCAA tournament is over. Final Four is over, and we have crowned a new champion. Today, we are going to recap last night's game, talk about the Final Four, and talk about the 2022 NCAA tournament as a whole. Uh, we'll get to the guest in a second, but first, if you guys are enjoying the show, if you guys are liking, we've been putting out a lot of MLB baseball uh, preview content. Make sure you guys all subscribe to the Jack Vita Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever it is that you get your podcasts, and log on to my website, jackvita.com, for more content. And at this time, I'm going to welcome in our guest for today, and we may have another guest joining us. We don't know really where he is, uh, but... Joining us today, he's an assistant basketball coach at Stonehill College. Um, had a nice cup of coffee playing for the Valpo basketball program as a walk-on back in 2017. He was also a basketball manager while he was a walk-on. Then he joined the Valpo coaching staff, and he was a grad assistant, director of basketball ops. Did a lot of that, and now he took his talents over to Stonehill College, which is a school that is actually joining Division One basketball here very soon. I uh, actually made the announcement within the past 48 hours or so. So very exciting time to have him on the program. And of course, we've had him on here a few times before, talked about the Incredibles and Incredibles 2. I think we also talked about, oh no, we did Incredibles 1, Toy Story 4. There was another time we just talked some sports with Peter Funk on here with him. Please welcome Jason Karras. Jason, welcome back to the show. Hey, yo. Thanks for having me on, man. It's great to have you here. As you guys can see, if you're tuning in on Twitter, Jason's at the airport right now. Uh, he is actually in New Orleans about to fly home from the NCAA tournament. Correction. It's been such a nightmare getting out of New Orleans. I drove five and a half hours to Houston to get a flight back to Boston. So wow. That's where I'm at wow. right now. Five and a half hours to Boston. Yes, sir. Well, it's Crazy. been a heck of a day for both you and for me. Jason, I had like the worst thing ever that could happen to you when I went to Dunkin' Donuts this morning. Have you ever picked up coffee and picked up someone else's coffee? Like Freaky Friday's Twitch style thing? Never done it. <laughs> this was a first for me. So uh, I ended up getting Evan L's coffee today. He took my coffee. Because my, I ordered, I did an online order. Okay. I know a lot of people are wondering how you, you took his coffee. So you're to blame. No, he took my coffee because I put in an online order, got my breakfast sandwich alongside my coffee. And I put it in about 20, 20 minutes before I got there. So, you know, I typically pick it up, take it over to school when I'm substitute teaching. And I just assume that, you know, it's not going to be hot. That's okay. Anyway. I, it's sitting there. It's the only thing sitting there. There's nothing else sitting there. Is a an iced coffee, large iced coffee beside my bag with my breakfast sandwich in. And I, I was rudely awakened with the worst cup of coffee I've ever had from Dunkin' Donuts. Was it was it a different was it a different flavor? What did you have going on? This guy Evan L gets a little freaky with his coffee apparently. Because he had two caramel swirls, four raspberry shots, and oat milk. That's his, that's his iced coffee of choice. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> I, 
I was just texting Lexus. I think uh, I think he's gonna hop on here. Sweet. Uh, I told him to. Awesome. We had Lexus on last week, so he'll be jumping in here in a second. But what would you do if you were put in that situation? Yeah, no, I'm going right back to the register. That sounds terrible. But it you don't have time. You're on your way to work. You know, like I didn't have. To, I didn't look at it until I got to school. And even if I did, I wouldn't have had time for them to make another cup of coffee. I guess it depends how bad you want that coffee, man. So I just drank it. I just drank the, <laughs> this coffee. And these kids are like, well, I told them my whole predicament. And they're like, you're drinking it. I'm like, well, I need coffee to function. I'm a coffee like addict. I need coffee every morning. So was I didn't it think that he, bad. Or did it, Evan have any sort of, was he onto something? with the, no. the <laughs> He was not. It tasted basically like actually one of the teachers came in and he's like, I want to try it. I want to know what that tastes like. Let me try it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> And we agreed it was like raspberry flavored water mixed with milk. And you couldn't even taste the coffee. Mm -mm. No, it sounds terrible. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, Jason, um, how was your experience at the Final Four in New Orleans? How many Final Fours have you been to now? Uh, this is my second. So I went to Minneapolis in 2019. Um, when I was a grad assistant, just starting to try and make connections. Um, a lot of people don't know, like the final four is like a coaches convention. So people from all over the country go out, don't necessarily go to the games. I've never been to the games, but, um, just go to a, like meet at a convention center, um, network, things like that. And then unfortunately the two years after that, um, well, the first one, 2020, the tournament was canceled because of COVID. And then last year, um, it was limited capacity. I didn't end up going. So this was the first one where I was like fully engaged. It was a lot of fun. Uh, met some good people. And um, it was a great experience up until I hit that airport and I, my flight got canceled. I went with Spirit, which is, you know, it's on me. Um, tried to save a buck and, and got screwed. So. <laughs> so we both made some blunders today. Yes. I, I took off without the coffee, without checking, not determined, but got screwed in the process. It wasn't entirely my fault. I made the decision, though, to order online, I guess, and I didn't check it. And you decided to fly Spirit and you got screwed. So rough day for us both, huh? We'll learn from our mistakes, though. Yeah, well, the good news is that we had a great game last night to talk about. And Lexus should be joining us at some point. So... Um, let's just get started right now here, Jason. I'm curious, since you're not going to the games, where were you watching the game Saturday and where'd you watch it last night? Uh, so there was a nice little viewing party for the final four at a hotel, um, on whatever day that was Saturday. Um, those were great games. Uh, and then this last one, I was in Houston after I made my drive, uh, yesterday so I was laid up in the hotel watching one of the best national championship games I've ever seen. That was last night. That was yeah. That was For a great sure. game. I mean, in, in terms of like all time, great national championship games in recent memory, what comes to mind? Is this the, is this the best since the Villanova North Carolina game? I think that's the one we kind of look at most of the time. No doubt. I mean, the ending of that game was insane. This was so exciting. Cause we had an eight seed, in the national championship game and you kind of like fall in love with North Carolina <laughs> after they had kind of an up and down season. And then, you know, they're outmatched in some ways, like, especially like when Armando went down, they're real small. Um, 
but the fact that Armando has that big an impact, like that he can fill that role, I feel like he he fills the role of two big men to where UNC can just play with more offensive guys because he just gobbles up every rebound, takes some pre- pressure off Manic, and I kind of like fell in love with how they play and um, how hard they work. And QB um, Brown is like it's exciting that a first year head coach who was an assistant his whole career is now you know in an i didn't know i didn't know hubie brown came out of retirement oh what did i say hubie you said hubie brown hubert Hubert davis hubert davis sorry i i almost called him hubert williams last week so i don't know He's, (laughs) he's still making a name for himself but man i fell in love with the way he coached that team the way that players responded to it so Little, I, I was definitely pulling for them last night. I wanted to see them win in his first year as head coach. Um, but funny enough, Kansas breaks through. They win their second national championship of the new millennium and the Bill Self era. Um, and of course, the 08 game, that's another one. If you're talking about great national championship games, that's that's another one that comes to mind. That Derrick Rose couldn't hit his free throws. And of course, I remember watching that game live. Uh, and that was a fantastic game um but kansas finally breaks through and hey lexus is here lexus you made it yeah what's up how's it going of course we have lexus williams joining us who was on with us last week and uh couldn't get rid of him he wanted to come back talk some more hoops (laughs) yeah you can't get rid of me that easy (laughs) how you doing i'm good how you guys we're good doing good Lex. Lexus, where'd you did you go to any of the games this weekend or did you watch them on TV? I watched them on TV. I didn't get tickets to go to the game. But they were fun nonetheless. It was some good basketball to watch. Yeah, so we were just touching on last night's game. Uh Lexus, were you I think we both were pretty surprised that Kansas ended up winning after the predictions that we made last week. Yeah, I know, right? I think that uh the difference was the big man in that game, which is the total opposite of what I expected to happen. McCormick just going for 26 and 13 real easy. I think that was that was the most surprising thing. I wasn't expecting that. Jason, you look like you wanted to jump in. Go ahead. I was trying I was trying to stay on mute for as long as possible because I got this uh this announcement going on behind me. But <laughs> No, I was surprised, too. I thought UNC had all the momentum. Um, obviously, they were the underdog, but, like, I was I was all the way with it. Up until the half, up 15, like, I thought they had it. But I think the difference was just Armando going down. Like, I was just saying, he just has, like, an incredible impact on the game. It's just so much fun to watch. Um, but in that last 30 seconds, I mean, they went directly into uh, McCormick, I think, and just scored on Brady. It's, like, just a mismatch down there. They're too small. Um, but... But yeah, no, super fun game to watch. Lexus, you could help me out with this. Who was it that stepped out of bounds when they inbounded the ball when they were it was about four seconds left? Was it I really Remy don't Martin? Remember. No, it wasn't Remy Martin. It was number three. I can't remember his name. The one yeah, that wears the headband, though. Yeah, yeah, the headband guy. Yeah, so yeah, I don't remember his name. <laughs> if the headband guy, I I truly thought for a moment there that we were about to see a worse version of the Chris Weber timeout. Um, and that North Carolina was going to hit a three there. The game was going to go to overtime, and that was going to be one of the all-time blunders in sports history. I, I worried for him there. 
Yeah, I was hoping that's what happened because I was really from <laughs> North Carolina, but that's just how the cookie crumbled. I mean, I was rooting for North Carolina too. I just didn't want you hate to see student athletes in those positions where they 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 screw something up. Yeah, but it's all part of the game. I mean, we all make mistakes in life, and we'd rather make a mistake on the basketball court. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I mean, I, I wouldn't fail too bad. <laughs> Takeaways from the game last night, Lexus. Um. I don't know. It was just really exciting. And I think that health always plays a factor in who wins sometimes. Um, I think that North Carolina did a really good job of fighting through that. You have to applaud them for that. Um, I was really excited to see Hubert Davis at the halftime, the way that he approached that. I thought that was amazing. Um, Just being a coach now and like understanding how fired up you can be. And most of the time, like feeling like you have to hold that in, but, uh, he made me want to run through a wall for him during that halftime. So I could only imagine how his players felt and for them not to win the game. I think they should still, you know, have their heads held high. Um, I think for Kansas, it was a great win for Bill Seth and his legacy. Um, And then those players, I feel like uh, they kept saying how Kansas all year wasn't the most talented team he's had. And he said it himself, but he said they're the most together team. And, you know, here at Boise State, that's kind of how we feel about our team last year. Um, they were a really together group and, you know, we ended up not going as far as we wanted to, but having the best year in school history. So I understand how that felt. And it was happy. I was happy to see them win it. Jason, jump in on this. Yeah. First of all, congrats, Lex. That was an insane season you guys had. And you, you I appreciate really it. Watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was great. I mean, I feel like Kansas that's crazy that how much talent that they've had over the years. Cause that is an insanely talented team and for yeah. him to say, like, it's not the most talented team, but um, it just seemed like they just always had an answer. Like Remy Martin had like exploded early in the tournament. Um, and then, you know, was quiet in a lot of games, but hit some huge shots when, you know, somebody else was down. Like they just have another guy that's always able to get a bucket. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I was, you know, very impressed with, with Kansas. How they, I mean, both teams play play so well together. UNC is really a team that stood out to me as like, you know, they they had they play together because they had a size disadvantage. Um, but dang, came right down to the end. Yeah, I think what's also interesting is you have a guy like Remy Martin coming over and being such a key contributor. It it's it's a nice snapshot of the modern college basketball landscape of how big of an impact these transfers can have on a program. Yeah. And I, I like the way that they kind of built their team because the majority of their team um, other than Remy Martin is built with uh, returning players. Um, and so that they can build that chemistry and there's continuity in the program Um and I think I think that is the most important thing in college basketball. Get old, stay old, be able to communicate the same thing over multiple years, um, you know, and you pair that with the talent that they have. And that's when you have a really successful team. And then when you need to fill a role, you go to the transfer portal and there's re- guys to step in immediately ready. There were some teams that were successful building an entire team. Like if there's like a first year coach just got the job and they build an entire team with transfers like Wake Forest did a good job of it this year. 
Um, but I think in general, the way to win at the highest level in college basketball is, you know, have those veterans that know what your program is all about. Um, and those are the guys that, that end up leading to winning, um, in my opinion. So, and, you know, you saw it with Kansas, like they built it the right way. You know? Yeah, we had that era about 10 years ago where the one and done was the big trend. And we haven't seen a team like really since that Kentucky team, just of a bunch of freshmen, one and done, five star guys come in and win and then leave. We haven't really seen teams excelling with those one and done guys recently. It's been what you're talking about, Jason, in terms of more continuity, building something over the years. Um, I like to say that juniors and seniors win championships. Freshmen make freshmen make highlights. Juniors and seniors win championships. 100% agree. And I thought Villanova was the other team that um, that played that way and like built the team that way. And I picked Villanova going into the tournament to win the whole thing. Um, they fell short. It was kind of crazy watching that Final Four game because Villanova led the country in three-point field goal makes. And then Kansas comes out and <laughs> just can't miss from three. They kind of beat them at their own game in that one. Um, but awesome. Awesome to see. Uh, Alexis says he's got an internet connection. Actually, Yeah, he's having an issue. Down. That's okay. Um, so, yeah, Alexis is lagged out. We'll see if he comes back in. But, uh, Jason, I mean, I think it's really an interesting situation because Andrew Stem actually called this on the preseason show back in November. He said, my prediction is that with uh, these sanctions looming, Kansas is going to probably get a postseason ban sometime after this year they're gonna stick it and uh win this year and that's what ended up happening that's a great call i don't i didn't know that he made that call that's insane smart yeah smart man i understand so we lost lexus but that's okay he crushed it last week uh we got a solid four minutes of him today so i'm always happy to see that guy he's got great energy love (laughs) but um you know, it's I, I think it's funny, though, because Kansas is a team that throughout the Bill Self era, they've been they've won the Big 12 essentially every single year, maybe a, a year or two where Baylor wins the Big 12. But for the most part, they're Big 12 champions every single year, perennial contenders, typically a one or a two seed in the tournament. And they haven't had the kind of tournament success that you would expect out of a team that wins their league every single year. There are so many times that they've gotten bounced in the sweet 16 and they've built up a reputation as a school that people don't want to take in their brackets. And it was actually quite fascinating. It was a pretty slim majority or slim minority of people this year that actually picked Kansas, not just like, not just to win the national championship, but it was like a minority percentage of people who had them in the final four this year. Yeah, and I think, like, I actually had the same thing. Just looking back at history is a fun thing when you're making the brackets. It's, like, it's so hard to pick that, like, you look back in history and try and think, all right, well, this is what this school does. This is the type of upset that happens, and so that's what I was trying to do. But it doesn't always work out that way. I mean, what happened in the past, a Kansas team five years ago just isn't – it's just not the same team. You know, the players make up the team. And so when you have a team that, like Bill Self said, like, plays so well together – and is, is so together. And then you have a guy leading you like Obaji. I don't know if I said that right, 
Um, Good enough. Who, who is a is a senior, been there his whole career, and has been able to like lead the team and know what Kansas basketball is all about and have the talent to match it. And I was looking at his uh, like stats throughout his four years, and he just got better and better every year. It was like a three-point per game posi- uh, progression throughout his four years to where he's at now, where he's like just insane. So, and able to lead a team to a, a national championship. So, you catch it last night when they were trying to show a replay and they just switched to the wrong camera and they gave us a seven minute slow motion shot of a, a, a Baji's butt. <laughs> I, mu- I must have like gone to the bathroom or something when that happened. That's <laughs> insane. Yeah, I put it on Twitter so you can check it out. But it was just like, okay, I've never seen that before. Seven seconds, just a close up of his rear end. (laughs) Yeah, no, never seen that before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, um, but yeah, good for good for Bill Self. I mean, it'll be really interesting. We don't know what the future holds for them in terms of if they're going to be able to play in a tournament next year or how long they are banned from competing for national championships but it did honestly i watched it i watched kansas a lot this year and i feel foolish that i didn't pick them for the final four because i actually was thinking i liked them as a final four team but for some reason i was really big on Iowa potentially upsetting them and Wisconsin as another one. And then those teams really disappointed. Um, so I guess those bigger roadblocks didn't exist for them, but that, that happens sometimes when you make a run, you catch some breaks, they caught some breaks, they capitalized on it and they uh, are national champions. Yeah. The thing that kind of surprised me at this tournament that I was wrong about a lot on the bracket is I thought uh, three point shooting is going to make, is gonna is what teams do in the tournament. Like the teams that win in the tournament make threes, and so that's the upsets I was looking for. Like South Dakota State, a lot of people had they led the country in three point percentage. And it's just like you slept on Providence. It's like defense, size, um, things like that. And that's same thing with Iowa. Shoot a lot of threes, um, spread you out, but you know, got beat with defense. Um, and I guess that's. That's on me for ignoring the old adage, defense wins championships. So, Hey, Jason, how about that Duke-North Carolina game on Saturday night? That was one for the history books. I mean, that's one that we'll always remember. But I got to say, and I know there are a lot of people who hate, they hate, they didn't want to see either of these teams match up against each other. They, they don't like the hype that the sport generates on these teams, even though it's good for the sport. It felt like the stakes were much greater, much larger with those two teams competing in that event. Like it felt like a way bigger event than the first game did in the final four. Yeah, that was, that was crazy. And I think that it's just like all, everything collided into one. It's UNC Duke for the first time meeting in the tournament, which I thought was crazy. I would have thought at some point they were matched up against each other with all the wins they had. Um, and it was Coach K's final season, so it's, like, just that much more intense. The thing that stood out to me, like, I was down there um, and just, like, in line to get breakfast um, or just, like, out on the street, the tension was between Duke fans and UNC fans. Like, I've never seen it live, but they get serious. They get real <laughs> serious. So, 
we were uh, we were standing in line for breakfast, and there was like two two UNC fans that were older, um, just like lifelong uh, followers and alumni of UNC, and then a group of like young kids uh, that were Duke fans that flew in for the game, and like a, a Duke fan cut cut the line to join his group, and the UNC fans were furious. They were like, "That is just like a Dukey." I was I was in between it, like. I did not know. I did not know it was this serious. But, gosh, what a game! That's amazing. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and we'll be remembering Caleb Love's shot. That'll be one that goes down in tournament history, North Carolina history, as one of the biggest shots. And even though they didn't win the national championship this year, to get to the national championship as an eight seed, your first year post a I don't, I don't want to say legendary coach, but an iconic head coach and Roy Williams very accomplished um maybe maybe legendary I, I guess that's a conversation for another time um but yeah i mean for them to do what they did this year that huge shot and to send coach k out beating them the final two games his final game that he ever coached and the final game that he coached at cameron indoor i mean what more i mean obviously there's a little more that you could want if you're a north carolina fan but i think you're, if you're leaving NOLA this morning, I think you're pretty happy with how things went despite the loss last night. Yeah, you'll probably, you'll probably take the good with the bad on that one because that, that Saturday night was historic. It was awesome. That was one of the best games I think we'll ever watch in terms of basketball. It could be. It could be. I couldn't believe how good Caleb Love was in, in both games. I mean, I think he had 28 in the national championship. But the big shot after big shot in the against Duke, um, like he was just relentless and tough finishes and um, gosh, great game. I'm trying. Great. I'm trying to like remember back. I was it was kind of late and uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember the end of the game. But uh, I know that's it was fine. <laughs> yeah, it was a great game. That's pretty much all we gotta say. Uh, Coach K did not get to ride off into the sunset. Thoughts on Coach K? Losing in this spot, um, the legacy of Coach K. Did he has he impacted you as a coach in any way? Yeah, I mean, especially like, especially when I was younger, coming up in college basketball, and didn't you know know the whole landscape. Like he's he's the one that you know. Um, he's the legend, and he kind of represents college basketball. Like when you see an interview with him, how he conducts himself, um, that's kind of what you look up to as like an aspiring coach is you know to be like that and just always 100% classy, um, went up and shook Armando Baycott's uh, hand after the game. I saw, like, uh, just things like that are what college basketball should be about. Um, and so, sad to see him go, but the, the best ever. I mean, legend. Yeah, I mean, obviously they didn't get the grand prize, but making a Final Four is, like, I, I heard Barkley say this the other night. If you win your region, you're winning a championship by winning your region to get to the final four. That is a championship. And then if you win the championship, that's like a super, that's a super championship. Now, this isn't, I know some people are going to hear this and be like, oh, participation trophies or whatever. No, that's not what we're talking about here. I mean, to get to the final four is a huge accomplishment. And yeah, while they didn't 
they they didn't go out the way that they would have loved to go out. Especially, I think the I think the thing is, it, it's not about the fact that they didn't win the national championships; it's that they lost to North Carolina two times in a row. I think that's the big stinger there. Sorry, I was trying to mute for a second as this <laughs> announcement came on, but yeah, no, I mean the the UNC thing is going to be tough for Duke fans to deal with, but I think it's less important. It makes less of a um, impact on Coach K, like than oh yeah, I'm, like than from it is from the perception of the outside. Um, like, it doesn't it's impact his legacy at all. It doesn't change no. anything. Yeah, exactly. just a crummy way to go out, crummy end of the season. And it's something exactly. that North Carolina fans will wear as a badge of honor until the end of time. Um, basically, like how Valpo fans will talk about how we beat Butler the last several times that we played Butler. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, but I think that I think the fact that he went down and what like his class and the way he can handle adversity is kind of like what his legacy means to me at least and so um i thought it was the perfect way to see him go out all right jason what did you think of one shining moment last night did you see it went to bed <laughs> tell me about still it still haven't watched it no but <laughs> give me the recap uh it was fine no nah, i mean it was it was good it just it wasn't I think in the past there have been like last year, I felt really like when they showed the shot of the grand Canyon player who passed like that's a goosebumps kind of chills kind of gets you in your feels kind of moment. And obviously there are other things like there are other, I remember there are other things they've done to make it more fun or emotional, whatever it is. Last night it felt like, I mean, it was good. It was fine. It was what I, I mean, it, it satisfied me but I feel like it had potential to be great. Um, And I think one of my knocks on it was, I think they were like cutting in too many shots uh, rather than having longer shots to like, it'd be like, okay, a flash of Creighton now a flash of uh, a flash of whomever USC. And in like in the past, it's been more like you get a highlight from that team Rather, and you, yeah, you're not going to fit every team in, but like you're going to get a dunk from some guy, and that's his one shining moment. Whereas this, it just felt like too fast. And then the other thing was, I think they totally botched. Um, I something that was I, when I saw it happen, Indiana cheerleader getting the basketball. Um, you know what I'm talking about when she she got the basketball that was stuck above the backboard. You look confused. Yeah, 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 yeah. When that happened, the guy on the call said, and that is her one shining moment. They didn't they didn't clip in that audio and they just used a brief flash of her getting the ball when that should have been a highlight. Like that is everything. Yeah, that's everything that the tournament's about is like the cheerleaders, the mascots, the fans, you know, that kid, at, the Northwestern fan crying like that kind of stuff. Right, right. That's too bad they missed that. I feel like, um, yeah, that's what college basketball is. And it might be, it might even be speaking to an issue with college basketball with it becoming more of a business. I'm sure it wasn't like planned or anything, but that's kind of the feeling you get is like you, you start to miss out on some of the smaller details that college basketball is supposed to be all about. 100%. What are we going to remember most about this tournament, Jason? 
I, I, I mean, definitely the Duke UNC matchup. Yep, is going to be the number one thing uh, that I always will remember about this tournament. I was going to ask you if, if you remember, was there any? What was the craziest game in an early round? Um, crazy finish or anything? I don't well, know we didn't remember. have any. We didn't have any buzzer beaters. Uh, okay. But I mean, I would say that probably just when St. Peter's beat Kentucky in overtime. Oh. See, and that might and that might be the that might be the takeaway of the tournament. I actually slipped my mind with with <laughs> the Final Four having just happened. But gosh, that would might have been the most insane storyline of the tournament. I think, yeah, I think those are the big two. I think it's Duke, North Carolina. I think it's uh, St. Peter's. And then I think the third one would probably be Kansas winning. I think Kansas winning is obviously you, you always remember the champion, but um, and then the national championship game, those would probably be the big four. Cause that was a great game last night, as we mentioned. Absolutely. This, this is overall one of the best tournaments of my life. One of the best tournaments of your life. Wow. You think so, Jason? Are you, oh, you're still on mute because they're talking, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can barely hear you there. Sorry. <laughs> so best, best, one of the best tournaments of your life, you'd say? Up there. For some reason. Okay, so I think the one that really sticks with me is I picked UConn as a three seed to win it when Kemba Walker. What 2011. Saw Kemba, yep. Saw Kemba hit the step back game winner in the ACC tournament. Big in the Big East tournament. And uh, and I was like, this is the guy. This is the guy <laughs> to do it. So that might have been personally the most satisfying. Um, but as far as storylines go, this one this one might be might be up there. This is a great one. I think the thing that ultimately what you remember most, I think, is the final four. And if you look at the final four, this is a, the pro- this is the thing I think why this tournament might not stand out as much to others is all the final four teams were teams that if you said, yeah, you know, Duke, North Carolina play each other, Villanova, Kansas, you'd be like, was that 2014? Was that 2017? Was that, you know, the tournaments that really jump out to you that you remember are when Loyola gets the final four, when VCU in that 2011 tournament you mentioned gets the final four, when Butler gets the final four, when George Mason gets the final four. And even like, I mean, it doesn't even have to be a Cinderella team, but I mean, I, I do think that's kind of the the one downside to having the Blue Bloods in there in the Final Four is it was fantastic, fantastic matchups, uh, great hype leading up to it. And you will remember Duke, North Carolina. You will remember Kansas, North Carolina game. Um, I guess you probably remember it better if Villanova had a better showing too, for that matter, though. That plays a role in it. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. It is all about the Cinderellas, but at least we had one to the Elite Eight. So yeah, totally. It. it had it had everything you could ask for. It was a great tournament. All right, Jason. So um, last week we talked about you and Lexus are heading up this the basketball tournament Valpo alumni team, the crew. Right? That's our that's our squad. Yes, sir. Me, Lexus, and then it's uh, Daryl Jackson. We started as managers together. Um, Daryl was uh, the head manager for all those, um, the NCAA tournament team. Um, and then 
was he there the year definitely for the NCAA tournament team and he was always like a big brother to me um as as managers there my other brother Kendall O'Banner um and then Lexus and I are all uh all kind of together leading the charge on this um and we got a great team together this right now is the registration period and so we're getting ourselves registered we're making everything official um and the way it works is once your team is registered there is like a selection process so um any team last year that won a game in tbt um gets an automatic bid to come back so there's 32 slots filled and then um you know you build your team you register you promote and they do a selection process um sometime in june um so i'm, I'm liking our chances of getting in i'm really excited about it um and representing valpo once again so well how do we get picked like what can we do to get behind the the crew we follow our twitter page we need uh we need fan support we need to let tbt know that we got people behind us and i know that um i know that the valpo fan base is going to be excited about it because um i felt it when i was at valpo how excited they were um about every team that they have um, and especially a team, a group of guys that most of them went to NCAA tournaments. Um, the one guy like that went to the 2013 was Levante Doherty. Um, he'll be playing on the team. And then you got uh, from the 2015 trip, uh, Keith Carter, Jabril, um, Victor Nickerson. Uh, so some some classic Valpo names uh, that that will be out there for us. Is Lexus playing? Lexus has started his coaching career and that's kind of, that's kind of part of what we're all about is given our brotherhood opportunities where it's such a tough business to break in, tough to coach, tough to get a pro contract. Um, and so for our players and our staff, um, tough to get, you know, front office jobs. So, um, TBT kind of allows you to create your own program, give yourself experience in those roles. Um, so whether coaching, playing, or, like managing as a, as a general manager, um, everybody is kind of getting really good experience. Um, so yeah, this is going to be a, a good opportunity for Lexus who is, um, coaching right now and also has dreams of being like a front office, um, executive. Um, so he, he's, he's getting that experience right now. So no Bill Russell player coach on this team. You know, we're, we're debating, uh, Tavon is, Tavon Walker is in the same boat, um, where he, um, played professionally right before COVID and then came back home once everything got shut down, um, and is looking to get into coaching. Um, and so he, you know, depending on how the roster shakes out, he has, uh, committed to, uh, be a part of, of the crew in one way or another. So if we're looking at a player coach, I think he's the, uh, he's the best bet for that title. <laughs> and you're not going to suit him. You're not going to lace him up. You're not going to chuck up some threes in garbage time. Oh my gosh. I would, <laughs> I wouldn't help our team at all. But, um, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to drop some plays for us. Um, and hopefully we can execute, um, you know, who knows if they let us, you know, and we're up 20 in a game. That's, that's my role. You know, we're up 20. I'll go in there, launch some threes, see what happens. <laughs> so basically, how do how do we decide? If, I mean, how do they determine if you're in or not? How they how they pick you guys? 
Uh, so they look at everybody who registers and they look at a few metrics. Um, one is um, your level of uh, competitiveness, which we have a bunch of guys who have. So had that's kids. why you're not on the team. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to get us in. No, but we, we've had a bunch of guys that have had really good pro careers. Um, and so I think that bodes well for us. There's a ton of talent that plays in TBT. So it, it is, you know, very competitive. Um, but there's other m- metrics as well, like what your fan base, for example, how strong they are um, and how much they're supporting. Um, so the more we can get more of that, uh, the more it will help. And then like a story. Um, and I think we, we definitely have that as, you know, um, as Valpo alumni, we've always been the underdog. We're the mid-major program. A lot of these guys came from big time high school programs in Chicago. Um, we're, you know, well-regarded recruits and, um, and, you know, end up at a mid-major program when a lot of their friends are going to, you know, illustrious high majors have all this, you know, money in the program. And you just feel like Valpo is a place where it's all about the work. It's all about the basketball. It's about the family. Um, and so we're taking that same mentality to TBT where it's, we might not have the Euro league players that, um, that some teams do, but we're together and we're hardworking and we're going to win with, you know, chemistry and effort. So that's our plan. Hey man, you guys need broadcasters. You get me and Parker Gatewood on the call. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I'm going to send him an email today. It'll be <laughs> perfect. Get our own broadcast team. Get the old gang back together. Oh my gosh, it'd be so much fun. Remember that time that we called that Lutheran basketball game? Like the junior yeah, high Lutheran game? Yeah. That was the day that I knew broadcasting was not in my future. But luckily <laughs> I had you as a partner to kind of carry <laughs> carry the love for it. Oh my gosh. We were just cracking jokes the whole time. I wasn't taking it seriously at all. I, we were just talking about, oh yeah, that kid can shoot. We like that kid. He's good. And we're like, oh, that kid's not very good. <laughs> that was fun that was fun all right well jason thank you so much for stopping by uh we will all be getting behind the crew once again throw out social media anything else that we can follow website anything like that just so we we all know we can get behind you guys and we can support you guys come june yep at the crew valpo um we are uh raising a budget so that we can have a training camp um, and so when you go to that Twitter page, there's a link to our GoFundMe. Um, any donation um, is is welcome and uh, we're thankful for it. Um, so, yeah, give us a follow. Give us a donation if you can. And uh, and we'll get it cracking this summer. All right. Good stuff. Hey, have a safe trip home and we'll talk soon. OK. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Talk to you, Jack. All right. Likewise. Bye. All right, that does it today for our conversation with Jason Karras. Uh, Make sure you guys all follow the crew um, and get behind our program, Valpo Basketball. Get behind the current program, too. We got a lot of young guys on this current team. Um, Very good players. And I I think 2023 is going to be a year that we turn the corner and you see Valpo in the top five in the Missouri Valley Conference for that matter, as well. So make sure you guys are all subscribed to the Jack Vita Show. You don't miss out on... We got one more MLB season preview. The final division that we have left to cover is the AL Central. I'll be recording that one with Jake Poliga tomorrow. And then it's opening day on Thursday. And then uh, we're going to have a lot of great content throughout the course of the season. I'm also hoping to get you guys some more interviews and features coming soon. Uh, 
some more people from Survivor and Rally TV, maybe The Bachelor, uh, maybe some other shows as well. And then, of, of course, some some athletes, some coaches. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed hearing from Jason and Lexus and Luke Gore a couple weeks ago. It was a great time having them on and chatting with them. All right, so until our next ride, which will be our uh, AL Central preview, I'm Jack Vita, bringing the dance of the lobsters. <laughs> <laughs>